Hey, who needs an inside linebacker anyway, right? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this. Keanu Neal is not a linebacker. Keanu Neal is not a safety. Keanu Neal doesn't really come with a position, and I don't have to wonder about that since he confirmed that for me in a one-on-one talk that he and I had on the final day of minicamp last week. Mike Tomlin refers to this as positionless football. That's the subject of conversation really around the NFL. Tomlin has elaborated on it in the past. He doesn't seem to take issue with either the concept or the naming that people have come up with for it. And maybe that's because it offers the best possible solution to the really the disappearing position of the inside linebacker. You guys remember what it was like when Ryan Shazier came along out of Ohio State and he showed up and you looked at him and said, that's an inside linebacker? Yeah, everyone did that. Ryan heard that everywhere he went. He heard it in college. But he gets to Pittsburgh and you see that frame and you think that's either a wide receiver or a safety and chances are a lot stronger that it's a safety. I remember being at Latrobe for his first training camp, and we were still asking him questions like, if the if the time comes or whatever, would you be willing to try safety or do something at safety? And, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm a linebacker. Why are you asking? Well, Ryan was something of a pioneer in that regard. Now, you can take the pioneer portion out of it and just say this was an exceptional football player. It didn't matter where you put him. It didn't matter what you had him do. He was an exceptional talent, but also exceptionally smart. So he was able to just do everything from his location on the field up to and including signal calling, just everything. He was the quarterback, basically, if you want to think of it that way. Well, as no one needs to be reminded, ever since Ryan's injury, there's not been anyone even remotely close in that capacity. There hasn't been anyone at that position with the possible exception of a few games early on last season that Miles Jack turned in where you said that that's at least competent inside linebacker play. I'm not comparing Jack to Shazier, okay? I'm just saying he was competent, and that was refreshing. And then, of course, Miles had his injury issues that slowed him down in the second half. But here's Neil, and he comes to Pittsburgh having played safety, and he's officially listed at safety, by the way, but he's also uptight as a linebacker or dimebacker, depending on, again, how you want to label it. And he's a hard hitter, which makes him something of a real anomaly in football, as most safeties aren't doing that anymore. The Ryan Clark, Mike Mitchell brand has been killed, really, by the rules. I asked Neil about being 
one of those physical type safeties. Now, there, are, there are guys who play safety who don't want it. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to get up close. Yeah. Um, you're not that guy. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The uh, physicality part of the game is, is what I enjoy. You know, so being close to the line of scrimmage, you know, blitzing, um, doing all those different things, you know, that, that's, that's part of my game for sure. And that's interesting. There's a real dynamic element to the whole thing. It's something that both Tomlin and Brian Flores had wanted to work to install in the defense last year. And then DeMonte Casey goes down and you were just left with Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds in the back. Well, now you've got Minka and Casey back. You've got Casey telling me, this wasn't in minicamp, this was before that in OTAs, that you can expect to see a significant amount of three safety formations. And you got other people telling me that they expect to see a lot of Neil on the football field. So a lot of this is like taking, you know, little hints that you get when playing Clue or something where you're trying to figure out where all the pieces are going to go and everything else. My my feel is that the default mode for this defense isn't going to have Neil on the field. So I don't want to oversell this concept. But if he's out there a lot and the Steelers are using what they still term sub-packages more than they use their base package, then a lot might very well mean more often than not. And I find this fascinating. I really do. I love when there's a new wrinkle or fairly new wrinkle that goes into either the offense or the defense that you have a realistic chance of being able to pick out as early as training camp or even the preseason games. I know they don't try to show much, certainly in terms of schematics, meaning, you know, where everyone's supposed to go, but you're going to have to practice. You're going to have to put it on the field how it is that you'll line up. And if Neil can be that guy who's playing closer to the line of scrimmage, who can help out with run defense when needed, as opposed to you remember what it was like having uh, both Terrell and even Minka up there at the line to help. It just hurts your ability to take the football away. And you can couple that with smart, efficient nickelback play. And we don't know who that's going to be either, although it might well be Patrick Peterson based on a lot of the stuff that was seen here in the summer workouts. And in that event, you wouldn't have just one person who's a wild card, who's experienced and smart and dynamic as an athlete. You'd have two of them. And you'd have them doing things to the opponent that, you see, you see where I'm going here? This could be kind of cool. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Paul, and it comes with a little bit of a prequel where he says, Good morning, DK. My father recommended me 
Your show, once the off-season started, as I was really jonesing for some more Steelers content, working a 5 a.m. job, I've got a pretty simple routine now. Energy drink in hand, go to my work area in the building, and turn on Daily Shot. Thank you for being part of my mornings. That's really, really nice, Paul. I appreciate that. Also, stay away from those energy drinks. Dude, don't do that. Paul's J1Q is most of our positions are shaping up in a very exciting way, and I might be one of the few who actually cares about this particular position. But from what you've seen, how is the fullback room shaping up? We've seen that Tanner Muse is wearing 44, so does that mean that Derek Watt's officially out? Is it looking like Connor Hayward will be back there more often than not? What about Monty Potterbaum? Uh, Here's a really easy and lazy way to answer what's a very fair question. First off, Connor Hayward is being treated mostly like a tight end. Connor and I had a really long talk after the final day of minicamp, and he's spending his time in the tight end room. He's working as a tight end, and at the same time, he's really not. If you want to call him an H-back or a wild card or an X-factor or whatever it is that you've got, uh, he's obviously not going to be in one of those slots where you see Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington, or for that matter, Zach Gentry, should the latter make the team. So I would kind of take Connor out of that equation, unless you're talking about something as super specific as a goal line drill or whatever. And even then, he's not really that guy either. You know, this isn't Rosie Nix that's just going to go plowing through people. My second point, and I don't know that you like this one too much. I think this might be the year that once and for all, everyone in Pittsburgh, myself included, comes to accept that this team has no use for the fullback position. I know, right? We just never let it go. Maybe it's the Franco-Rocky thing, although Rocky really wasn't a fullback. So maybe it's more like Tim Kreider, the bus driver blocking for Jerome Bettis. Whatever it is, it's not part of this offense. It's not something where you're going to see the Steelers throw some cute wrinkle by having a fullback plot forward. Now, they're going to have short yardage plays. They have to have short yardage plays, but I don't think you're going to see it look like that. Their most effective short yardage last season was what? Yeah, Kenny would just keep it. Or you'd just have Najee just plow through there himself without having anybody, you know, get in his way as opposed to clearing the way. It's just not a priority for this football team. And I think that that would answer, in addition to the distribution of the number 44, the other question that you had about Derek Watt. I mean, if he was going to be here, he'd be here. I appreciate the question. I really appreciated the kind words there beforehand. That was pretty cool. Let's do another one of these tomorrow. 